Welcome to the Natural Solutions Podcast. This is episode six, where I am meeting with Samir, who is from anukahealth.com, a new program that has been out um, just for a very short time that is related to chronic pain management. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Samir all about how he got involved in this type of work. And we talk a lot about the healthcare system and other things that we can do to help you integrate into a program that will help you manage your pain. So take a listen. So I wanted to welcome you, Samir, um, to this episode because I was really interested to know more about what got you into your new app and um, how you got involved in it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about you and then we can go on to more questions about the app. For sure, for sure, yep. Um, so I worked in healthcare for most of my career and uh, no, working in the healthcare, I realized how badly primary care was broken because most of the time, especially when you're working with people living with pain, the advice that you get is eat less or change this or move more. And that's not enough because it's really difficult for a person with pain to fathom how to make those changes. And, mm. and this is something I also learned when I worked in dialysis because they had very structured and specific nutritional plans that they need to follow. And most of them would never follow that because they have the incentive of getting dialyzed every alternate day. So this is really something that got me thinking that, you know, how can we make sure that, uh, you know, people are at a higher education level about their health because we are not really taught about any of these things. And the second thing is how can we make sure we make behavior changes? And that's when I stumbled into health coaching back in 2014, 2015 and uh, was considering how this could be part of the health practices. We tried to advocate very hard for it. We weren't too successful around it. Then I realized that the pain management, the pain space is really struggling. And there are a lot more people struggling to live properly because of pain. And that's what got me into building the platform with called Anuka right now. And okay. let me say that Anuka is not an app. It is your own personal health coach at your fingertips. So it's not an app, it's a program which leads you to results. And that's the most important thing. Uh, it's not about logging, it's about making changes, making small incremental changes on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying that, that uh, people have access to their own um, program and uh, and and the health the whole health coaching side of it. So you were talking about how you got into the pain management space, but maybe some of your listeners and um, here on the episode, you could explain how you actually got into the health space to begin with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, my, my dad suffered a massive cardiac arrest when I was uh, 16 years and had to go through bypass. And since then, you know, his health started to dwindle down. And that's when I noticed uh, that, you know, there are a lot of things in healthcare industry that don't really work in the favor of the consumer. We had a lot of bad experiences and the medications that are prescribed, you know, in being able to get off uh, the habit of smoking, which was the primary cause for his cardiac arrest. And as I continued to work, I realized that it really got ugly because, you know, a lot of times you would be recommended a certain therapy, but it's not healthy for you. 
and uh, people are just trying to make a quick buck by recommending certain therapies that are not substantiated. When I looked at all these experiences that we went through throughout his recovery journey and also throughout the recovery journey of my grandparents and others in our family, I realized we need to build something for ourselves. We need to sort of insure ourselves against uh, other forces uh, you know, that have their own interest in not keeping us healthy. And uh, that that what motivated me to work in the healthcare industry. So I have built FDA tier products since then. I have launched digital health apps. All of them are focused towards making patients' lives easy. I was never concerned about you know revenue cycle management and all these kinds of things in healthcare. I was always concerned about how to make a patient or a patient's life easy. Wow. So it really sounds like you're really into the advocacy side of health. Um, how have you seen this approach to healthcare improve somebody's quality of life? I think it really works because a lot of problems start with our own awareness. And uh, the way knowledge is presented and knowledge is created in healthcare is quite outdated. It separates the mind and the body, right? If you think about the René Descartes model of medicine, they basically had to separate the biomedical and the biopsychosocial or the mind aspect of the medicine into two parts so that they can perform uh, surgeries and they can heal somebody who is very, very sick. And uh, we added the monster called insurance and other kinds of practices around it, which basically perpetuated that lack of knowledge because nobody is able to remember all the muscles in the body and the names of all the bones in their body. and the second thing is that you don't easily understand the anatomy, physiology, and all these concepts. You need to bring it down to a level where the average person is able to associate and is able to communicate what's really happening to them. So when we look at these key takeaways, right, the, the way the current medicine is practiced, it's favoring the sick and it's not favoring behavior change and how you can manage things in more effective fashion. So this is what I believe has to change, right? Because we, if we educate ourselves and if we are better aware of how our body works, then we are able to take care of ourselves much better. So on the contrary of what many people believe, um, they think that, you know, when you go to the doctor, the doctor waves a magic wand and then all of a sudden you're healed. Or, or cured from the ailment that you've been carrying. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people believe that? I think, you know, when you say, why do you think people believe that, right? Um, when you're sick, you're vulnerable. So you are vulnerable for any advice anybody gives you, but the most important thing is that as a physician, uh, who, have, who is in a position of power, they can basically advise you to try things and you trust them because you trust the position they're in, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't question it and uh, you don't question the form in which the inquiry is done because you want an answer and you don't have enough knowledge to ask those questions, right? That's one thing. And most of the time, you know, um, it's also the caregivers that need to be more knowledgeable about what's happening to the person, hmm. right? Um, and that's not the case, right? Because if you have somebody in the family that's going through, let's say, cancer, 
then the other person may or may not be up to mark in understanding what the doctor has to say. So you do not do further inquiry and try to figure out if it, if you have shared all the information and if they have assessed all the information, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that perpetuates this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that um, we are basically pushed in a way to thinking that you go to a doctor, you will get a pill, and you always want to get a pill. Yes. And that's the standard of care. That means that you got cared for. So if we look at the, the previous generation, like the baby boomers, and we were interviewing a lot of people in their 50s and 60s, their perception of visiting a doctor is to get some sort of a pill or some sort of a pharmacologic that mm -hmm. addresses their symptom. So, and, sorry, go continue with no, your... And that sort of thing perpetuates the thinking, right? So that mm -hmm. sort of perpetuates uh, your expectations. Mm. And uh, when you add any sort of corporatized medicine to picture, the concept of customer success is that you give what the customer wants. So now that basically created a very dangerous, vicious cycle. But you mentioned the word standard of care. Um, and I, I don't know if a lot of people understand what the words or what the phrase standard of care means in relation to um, the United States and in Canada. Um, so maybe you could explain a little bit about what you mean about mm -hmm. standard of care. Yeah, so I think the, the standard of care uh, is a very broadly used term. Um, what we need to understand about standard of care is, you know, what's right for that person based on the condition they have. Mm -hmm. And does it take into assessment, you know, all the factors, right? Mm -hmm. So our current standard of care takes only biomedical factors into consideration. It does not take any sort of psychosocial factors into consideration. You know, what's the environment you live in? Does your environment create a process for recovering and being able to sustain a healthy life or not? So when you look at it, you know, we only look at one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that aspect is what gets reimbursed on the other side of things. So when you look at the standard of care, that's basically, it's basically defined on the biomedical parameters and how you would address it. It's not defined on the entire picture. And uh, that causes problem because you might be fixed when you're in a controlled environment with the biomedical approaches, but there are a lot of open ends and open wounds when you go out and when you have to manage your issues on a day-to-day -day basis. So from what I understand and from what you've described so far, it seems like standard of care is kind of like input and output. So you do X and you get Y and it's definitely controlled. Yes, yes. Okay. And then in the back, <laughs> in the things that we don't see every day, it also seems like people um, are struggling day to day with more of the behavior side of things. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes, yes. People generally struggle a lot more with behavior. I'm also one of those people. We're all one of those people. So <laughs> we struggle with that because, you know, we are influenced by a lot more things than what's just happening within the body itself. And uh, nobody in medicine has the time to figure that out. So, for example, I can give you the simplest of examples. In places like British Columbia, you are able to discuss only one issue. For each visit with a family practitioner 
Really? So what if you have uh, interconnected issues? You are able to discuss only about one issue or one symptom. Wow. So only a part of your problem is solved. And it also doesn't incentivize because even the physician gets paid for the five minute visit for $30 and doesn't matter if it's for five minutes or 40 minutes, you can only discuss one issue and you will only get paid a certain amount of money, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the standard of care again, I'm just trying to bring that back into this picture. Um, it's not really standard, it's more of quality. It's not incentivized to be in favor of the person living with health issues to right. make meaningful changes. It's not incentivized, right? So if I'm only discussing one issue, then that issue gets fixed, but it breaks the rest of the other things which I was not able to discuss, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then it perpetuates uh, you know, a lot of other kinds of problems. We also had like you know, a lot of people living with chronic pain uh, mm -hmm. because they were waiting to get surgeries for the last three to four years. They have been living in the waiting list and they're not given any appropriate methods to manage pain on a day-to-day basis. Right. So that leads to increasing weight, that leads to increasing all kinds of other issues. And uh, imagine, right, you know, few generations ago, nobody would have ever imagined that they would be requiring joint replacements by the time they were 40, 45. But we have a huge waiting list in Canada and also in the US of people who actually are taking up these surgeries. I think I was reading it in one of the surveys from uh, orthopedic surgeons, but the 45 to 64 is the fastest growing category of joint replacement surgeries in both US and Canada. Mm -hmm which is very alarming for us because when we look at it it's like this is this could be us a few years from now wow so i wanted to ask you this and maybe because you mentioned it a little bit you know that doctors they, they're not incentivized by that aspect in a consultation and they don't really have the time to attend a patient, um, say holistically. Mm -hmm. So would you say with programs like Anuka is offering, um, it will help support the patient um, while they're trying to improve and when they don't have this type of access to their medical mm -hmm. practitioner? 100% it will support them. And we are also considering how to bring doctors into the loop and not keep them out because the objective is that doctors need to be trained uh, on how these kind of holistic practices work mm -hmm. because there is also that uh, educational component right a lot of practitioners practice in the biomedical space mm -hmm. and you also have to show them the value the scientific credibility and all of that to start adapting health coaching within their practices mm -hmm. and understanding how it could be used to enrich the quality of care. So, so we see that there is a strong opportunity when we want to work together with physicians, you can offer a much higher quality of care that is continuous way beyond a 10 to 15 minute consultation. So um, it's actually very interesting and maybe you've noticed this also. I feel that more and more doctors are open to the educational and mm -hmm. stick area of taking care of their patients and they really are trying to dedicate their time to doing that yes um, 
maybe you could uh, give us some insights on that and if you've seen that happening over your healthcare career. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a few advisors who are strongest advocates of that. Like, you know, we have Dr. Ravi, we have uh, you know Dr. Kedar and others, uh, you know, our early pilot partners. All of them are very big advocates of this because they see that you know care has to extend beyond you know what problem you have and what should I prescribe, and uh, it should extend to a point where how much can I educate you about what's happening to you so you are able to. <coughs> make those changes that are needed and you're able to hit those results right um, mm -hmm. so there are a lot of people you know there are also a lot of up-and-coming physicians who are very much open to this so it's, it's a very welcome change what mm -hmm. we also need to see is uh, getting reimbursed because you know having the financial incentives also aligned is very important to make this the norm in practicing medicine okay all right. Um, so, you know, many people believe that pain, for example, is is pretty challenging and it becomes pretty overwhelming and it's and it's too much to handle. Um, how do you think that Anuka can help address this this belief? Yes, I think you know, pain can be taken head on. Uh, and you have to look at all facets of that person and not just try to isolate one thing and solve that. Mm -hmm. Pain could be caused by trauma, pain could be caused by physical or structural damage. It could be caused by an environment that perpetuates the high stress. So we have to look at you know, what's the root cause and try to work the appropriate approach that is applicable to that person, right? So. That's where I feel that health coaching has a great value to offer to all these people living with pain. We have methods like pain reprocessing therapy. We have methods like pain neuroscience education that talks about when pain is due to structural damage versus when it is getting sensitized uh, in your mind. So it's not about it's in your brain. It's more about how things are influencing your sensation of pain. Right. right. So we have to put a lot of uh, education out there, but also make sure you understand and you don't become hyper vigilant about it. So when we look at all these aspects, right, it can be addressed at primary care. And just offering pills and hoping that the pain symptom goes away and that person would stop calling is hmm. not the right approach. Hmm. And uh, when I worked in dialysis, you know, the, the, it's one of the top three reasons why someone would require dialysis at a later stage in their life. It's because you're taking too much of pain medication. That's interesting. Um, I, maybe many people haven't really considered that aspect of it before. So um, when you first started in, maybe not just in the pain, but in, in the healthcare um, area, what do you wish you would have known when you started out? How complicated it was. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is straightforward. Nothing is as simple as, uh, you know, I have this problem, and where can I get answer, and how do I pay for it? Right. And um, I know in previous discussions that we've had before, it seems like what you mentioned at the beginning is very true. People are vulnerable, and they want an answer. 
And so there are many products and services out there that are trying to get them from A to B with a quick answer. But um, I'm not sure how effective those things are. What do you think? Anything, see, the, the most important thing we have to keep in mind is we, we damage ourselves over a period of time. Hmm. And the repair also takes the same, if not more. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind when we're talking about chronic diseases, lifestyle diseases, or chronic pain. This is happening over a period of time. This is not happening quickly. And if your expectation is that something is going to solve this right immediately, right now, it's only solving the symptom. It's not getting to the root cause. So we have to keep that in mind. And uh, a lot of times, the person going through it might not be able to. But if the people around them are able to understand that, that's also very important, how we can get people around them to understand that. So what advice would you give someone who at this point is in a chronic state of pain and wants to get help with a health coach or with the Anuka um, program? Mm -hmm. Very simple, just book an appointment with us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll talk it through. I think the most important thing is to talk about how it's uh, featuring in your life when it is featuring, when it is affecting you, and when you're able to function, and who you are. It's, it's as simple as that. We can get started with something small and simple. If uh, you know you want to get started with making changes, and uh, the role a health coach plays is like a sort of a GPS. They are going to make sure that you're not going to go to the wrong places. Because there's a lot of misinformation about pain. You go to forums, you're going to get bombarded with lots of unsubstantiated products and unproven therapies that uh, there could be physicians who are trying to sell unproven therapies in hope of uh, uh, you know, putting, putting pain away. So that's exactly why you, you have to come and work with the health coach at us because we want to make sure you're not misguided in this journey. That sounds like some very solid information. Um, are there any other resources or um, areas where you think that um, people right now could go to and uh, click on to get some more information um, about Anuka or just pain management? Uh, about Anuka, you can visit our site, anukahealth.com. Okay. Uh, we have a blog, so we always post a lot of articles around nutrition. You can also send us if you have any questions, there is a page called Ask Expert. It's totally free. You send us a question. We have uh, you know, nutrition experts, pain experts, pain psychologists, physicians. Based on the question you ask, they'll review and send a response to you. So, and it's completely complimentary and free. It's on us. Because we want to make sure you're, not, you're never misguided. Wow. Whether you're a member or not, it doesn't matter. We just want to make sure you're never, you're never misguided. Wow, so it really sounds like you have um, some really good um, integrations into your program and it sounds like you're very scientifically backed and you do really want to help support people um, without, yes. <laughs> without misinformation. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly yeah, yeah, I think, you know, you, what our mantra is that, you know, you have to believe that 
uh, you're ready to make those changes. Mm -hmm. But if you're requiring simple information about, you know, can I try this? Is this, uh, am I going in this right direction? And you want to ask one of our experts. Um, by all means, please do. Because, you know, when you participate in our programs, we can work towards making sure you get all the results that you wanted to get. Right. So but if you need basic information, reach out to us. <laughs> okay. All right. So it sounds it sounds very solid and it sounds like something that is very accessible and that people will be able to interact with very, very easily, which is very important um, because I've seen many uh, programs and applications like, like you've mentioned. Um, they, they don't give everything that they say they're going to deliver. Yeah, it's, it's generally hard, but I think we, we are committed to making sure uh, improving health literacy is really important. And uh, uh, what you're able to do is uh, between the coach, yourself, and your environment, that's something we can figure out. But improving health literacy is really, really important. And making sure that you know, you're not getting misguided is also very important. Uh, we strongly believe in that. And uh, for us, when we are working towards that, we want to make sure that we have a strong process in reading through the scientific literature, making sure there is appropriate proof. So that's why we actually put physicians in our content reviews and we ask them to make sure uh, nothing unscientific is communicated to the audience. All right, well, I want to just finish up with some out of the box questions. They're a little bit more directed towards you, not so much Anuka, but I do have one question before that. How did you come up with the name Anuka? Yes. So Anuka is a spine in the Ayurvedic text. So it was, you know, when they are developing surgical practices in Ayurveda, they frequently refer to the back and spine as Anuka and how, you know, it is the core of everything we do, our posture, our musculoskeletal system, our movement, everything. And we realized that this is perfect because that's where pain comes from. Most of the time, <laughs> not exactly. from the brain, but when there are issues, it comes through that. And it's, that's the major pathway or communication pathway to the brain about what's happening to the body. Exactly. The connection to the nervous system. Definitely. Yep. Exactly. And right. I strongly felt about it that we should call our venture as Anukka at that time. Well, that's a very powerful name and a very powerful explanation. And um, I, I think it's wonderful when it's not just a basic name that means absolutely nothing like, uh, I don't know, chronic pain management, but Anuka Health <laughs> sounds fantastic. All right, so I have two more questions for you that are more about you. Um, if you could have one superpower, Samir, what would it be? Um, finding great people to work with. That's my, <laughs> my superpower. Amazing. Um, I have an act for finding, you know, people who are passionate, who love what they're doing, and getting them together to work on, uh, you know, ambitious projects. And it sounds like you have been building this, and that, and that's the the outcome that that you're having at this moment. That's so wonderful. All right, and um, one more question for you. This is this is an off-topic question, Samir. If you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Um, I would be a chili pepper. <laughs> chili pepper. Because it relieves pain or why? 
Uh, it's not about relieving pain. I think it would be as spicy as you know half a million scuba units and uh, <laughs> um, something that basically clears off all the sinuses and clears off your head. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> I actually, you know, it's really funny that you bring that up because sometimes I remember that I would try to just inhale chili powder or pepper when I'm when I'm stuffed up and yeah. <laughs> me sneeze and clear my pores. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us right now, Samir. And thank you so much for explaining Anuka Health. So we can probably find you at www.anukahealth.com. Um, yep. yep. And Anuka is spelled A-N-O-O-K-A. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Thank you so much.